Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. On the latest edition of the Around the NFL podcast, Maron, what a great one. We went around the AFC in 48 minutes, checking in on how all of the teams in the conference look after the NFL draft. You cannot miss this show. I'm warning you. Yeah! What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here. Move the sticks. And, Buck, I've got, I'm trying to think of songs that kind of kind of show our emotion right now that we're kind of <laughs> I know there was that uh, at last that's a little bit before our time then I was thinking uh, finally it oh, has yeah. happened think, to me so it's something about this kind of almost being over but I haven't found almost, the right song almost yet almost been done you're right we're, we're down to the end we can see the finish line but we have a big show today before we before we leave everybody for a little while here coming up we're going to talk on the big headlines from the draft we did not get to in the last podcast and really hit this uh, Laramie Tunsil Miles Jack thing uh, then we're going to talk about our draft surprises, three surprises for each of us. And then we're going to build an all-star team based on the draft. So not just saying these are the best players at every position, but we love the fit. So I'll go ahead and tackle the offense. I'll give us uh, our offensive team and you give us our defensive team. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to doing it. I, I stayed up late late last night trying to come up with some names. You got you got it, though. I got it. I got it done. You got it in. I'm trying to find some right Are you fit. still doing those crazy workouts? Uh, I know I had you like doing crazy I did, sprints. So yesterday I did a thirty-minute nonstop stadium steps with sit-ups and push-ups at the top of each step. Wow! So it ended up being like eighteen, like whatever it was. How do you do a sit-up at the top of a step? As soon as you get to the top of the steps, you move over and you do like ten sit-ups. Okay. And you go right back down the steps, and then you come back up, and then you do five push-ups and you just train it training like rock 30 30 minutes 30 minutes i'm back in I, i've been i've just fallen apart over you have last a, month. a thing that you're running i got I'm supposed to run a half marathon in the uh, <laughs> middle middle to end of june yeah, i got some work you, to do yeah, you, gotta, you gotta get on that i gotta get on it so that's my game plan all right let's jump in here bucky big headlines from the draft laramie tunsil the fall the video the timing of it the whole deal we haven't jumped into this yet 
what was your take as all this was unfolding? Well, one, we were on the set and we were live, just like you guys were live. We're live. It's going, and I'm trying to figure out why he hasn't heard his name call. Uh, once we get to Baltimore, I'm like, oh, okay, this is where he goes. And then that's when you begin to hear the buzz about uh, the gas mask, the bong rip, all those other things. And I think the big thing why he failed is when you get an image like this right before the draft and you don't have enough up, enough time to kind of like vet it out and see when is this from, uh, is there more coming, I think it's hard to make that decision when you have so many unknowns, so many unknown variables. And so I know people have talked about like, oh, we had Ronnie Stanley rated higher than Larry Tunsil, and there are some who had that. And then, oh, Jack Conklin was another guy. But I'm not I just that. believe the image – the image to come out right before the draft and you don't have enough time to really figure out what's going on, you have to go for the conservative approach which is why those teams opted for those other guys. I think you got your owner in that room, and that startles everybody. And you're going, okay, we're getting ready to sign up for this. We're going to have to deal with this press conference tomorrow. It's yes. going to be a little bit of a mess initially. But you're scrambling to do your homework, which I know the teams are doing. You bring in area scouts. You're talking to them. Hey, how, do, how well do we really know this guy? And I'm sure a bunch of people say, look, he's never failed a drug test at school. Now, we have heard rumors that maybe he smoked a little bit in the past. Yeah. So this shouldn't come as a terrible shock and surprise. But the images of it, that's what startles everybody. And I had somebody gave me a great quote. They said, look, in the middle of chaos, which is what this was, is tremendous opportunity. Yep. If you can kind of see through that and say, okay, look, this is not a bad kid. This is a, poor, right. this is a difference between a poor choice and a bad kid. And when you look at the players picked ahead of him, several players picked ahead of him have failed drug tests at their I school. Know, I know. So it's, there's that, no difference. It's just we have the image of this taking place, and we don't have the image of the other guys. It's funny that you, you brought that up about some of the guys in the top ten had failed drug tests on their ledger, but the difference is it's the visual. Mm-hmm. A picture's worth a thousand words, and when you see that video, you see the imagery, it's hard to um, – kind of separate yourself away from that, particularly when you have ownership in the room and they're trying to figure out what we're, we're about to invest millions and millions of dollars in this kid. It's just something that is hard to see. And also the contraption, I think the gas mask or whatever made it different. If you're talking about a guy. i never well, seen yeah, that it, it, it's just It's just a different look. And so the big thing for Larry Tunsil and the Miami Dolphins is they had the opportunity to have enough time. They had connections in place where they could get the true story. He fessed up and owned up to the image. And so if I'm them, I'm ecstatic. To they got to steal the draft. A, a guy who was maybe the number one uh, player on most boards, to get him at 13, to be able to fortify my offensive line with someone that we didn't even think would be there, it's an absolute steal for them. If he turns out to be the guy that we think he's going to be, I mean, they have really made out like bandits. And the NFL announced he's not even uh, he's not in the drug program, doesn't start in the drug program. So that's interesting as well. All right, Miles Jack. Pick number thirty six, the Jags. I know I know he was he was pretty upset, visibly upset, that he did not go in the first round, chose not to come back to the draft on day two, but did not have to wait long. I had heard a lot of stories about teams trying to get up to get him there. So Jacksonville ended up being able to pull it off. But uh, this is not something – I know there was definitely a risk involved with his health, but there were other teams that were working and efforting to try to get up there and get him. Yeah, I mean, there's some risk involved. You know, the, the thing is, and, and I guess – Without being privy to the medical stuff, you just wonder what was the need, what's the impact of the need, like what are the long-term prognosis when it comes to his his availability. Because Carl Joseph has an ACL, he goes at 14. And so you would think a guy like Miles Jack, a guy who really on tape puts it down, puts a lot of tremendous performances on tape. There had to be something about the need that really scared people off. But for the Jacksonville Jaguars to get two top five talents, a Jalen Ramsey and a Miles Jack in the draft, 
you really, really made out. You have a chance to really make a significant improvement on defense right away with your young core. All right, answer me this on the Jags before we move on. Where do they stack up in this division now? I mean, I think they're in the mix. You know, the one thing that still scares me is can they teach their quarterback to take care of the ball? Because the talent on the perimeter says that they're a team that is ready to rock and ready to really make a, a play for that division title. Houston is scary good. Houston's got offense. an offense now to go with their defense. And I don't think people have talked enough about what they put What about Indy? Andrew, Andrew Luck's not going to miss the whole most of the year again, and no, they've upgraded not. their offense. So it's line. tough. So the Jacksonville Jaguars could be dramatically improved on paper but still finish second or third in that division. Tennessee And Tennessee's gotten better, and they have a young quarterback I mean, it's, it's, as well. It's, it's I think it's going to be a real competitive division. The best court, the quarterback play could ultimately determine. Now, if we're going to go by that, then we're saying Andrew, Andrew Luck. Because Brock Osweiler is really more nothing more than like a glorified second-year player based on his starts. Um, Blake Bortles, Marcus Mariota, those guys coming back. It's interesting. I like what Jacksonville has done. I just don't know if they close the gap on whoever's going to be the top two. Do you get what I get, though? Because, I, look, I, I have friends there in Jacksonville, and I, I want to see them be successful. But there is a lot of – they've gotten a lot of attention and a lot of praise for what they've done. When you talk to other people around the league, I get a lot of a well, – let's just wait. Let's wait. Let's not, put, let's not put a crown on their head yet. And another thing I get is without saying it and you just kind of read between the lines, I don't know how many people inside the league believe in Blake Bortles. They'll take – hey, good numbers. You know what? We'll see. You know, like there, he does think, not have as much support in the league as he does in the media. I'll just leave it at that. I will say that as well. And I think I think you and I talked about Blake Borders when he was coming out, what we thought he would be, and we thought he'd be a developmental prospect. He would take some time. And I think it's easy to look at the numbers and say, oh, man, you know, they got a franchise quarterback there. He's, he's this, he's that. But the same issues that plagued him at Central Florida are the same issues that continue to plague him as a pro in Jacksonville. He turns the ball over too much for my taste. And until he learns how to take better care of the ball, they're always going to be a team that is kind of in these one-score games, and he kind of disappoints you because he's not able to necessarily finish it. So he has to take care of the ball, but the pressure is squarely on him Mm -hmm. to make that jump. The defense has got a lot better. Everyone is saying that they're ready to go. So now all the eyes will be on Blake Bortles. Can he take that leap to be one of those guys – in the upper echelon at a position. All right, let's go through our, our big uh, draft day surprises. I'll start us off here. First one, Andrew Billings. The Bengals got him in the fourth round, number 122, Buck. And I get it. He's not a great pass rusher. I know in the league, it's a passing league. We want guys that can get after the quarterback. The fourth round for this kid? I thought he was better than that. He's one of those deals where throughout the process, you're like, hey, you know, he might be a little bit overrated because I hear him talked about his top 15. Uh, he's not that. He's like a bottom of the bottom one, maybe early two guy, but uh, man, in the fourth round, I did not see him dropping that far. You know, it, it it made me go back. Like after day two, I was like, let me go back and look at his tape. Like, was I what am I off missing? on this guy? Yeah, because I had this guy as a top twenty prospect on my board, and I know um, the thing that I learned coming out of this draft: nose tackles. I need to make sure that when a guy is a nose tackle or a run suffer, like. You probably want to take him down a little bit just because of the value. Teams don't value that as much. But this is a guy that was very athletic, big man, strong man. Got some range. Powerlifting champion, all that other stuff. Has some range, plays hard. You check off all the boxes, that doesn't say fourth-round pick. And so, to me, I don't know if the rest of the league overthought it. I don't know if it was just one of those things that sometimes happens on draft day. Other teams have taken guys, you just don't value him the same. For him to land in the fourth round was one of the biggest surprises that I saw. All right, that was the first one. Second one, the Niners trading back into the first round for Josh Garnett. 
I did not see that coming, especially when they traded back up in there. I thought maybe, okay, they're going to take a Fetty ahead of Seattle. And uh, I know some some people would suggest, well, they got up there to take Garnett ahead of the Seahawks. I gave Josh Garnett a third-round grade. And I, to me, look, he's a strong kid, but you see him on finishing that play on the ground. Right. You see him on the ground a lot when you watch him. I don't think he's a, he's a great athlete. Um, he's got some power to him. But, man, I, I just – there was other guy Cody Whitehair, to me, I'll take him all day long. So, to trade back in for a guard in and of itself was surprising, but the fact that traded back in for Josh Garnett was doubly surprising to me. That's a double surprise. And then when you look at Josh Garnett, because you're always trying to figure out fit and scheme. And I wonder, like, with Chip Kelly, he always can obviously change his scheme. He can do different things. But that – the scheme that they ran in Philadelphia, More like those guys had to be athletic. You had to be able to move, climb to the second level. This is a mauler brawler, a guy that wants to kind of beat you up. Phone booth beat you guy. up in a phone booth. And so – Maybe it's a situation where maybe they're changing. Maybe there's going to be a power scheme in San Francisco, something that Chip is able to adapt to. But on paper, it didn't look like a great marriage. And the value at the bottom of the first round, I just didn't grade Josh Garnett as a talent like that. All right, my third one, Jaron Reed. And we talk about Billings a little bit similar here with Reed, although I thought Reed was a far superior player. He goes 49 to Seattle in the second round. I had him as my 13th overall player. This is a guy that, dominates against run. Not a good run defender, a dominant run defender. And I think he has – I know the sack numbers aren't there. He doesn't get as many opportunities to rush because they're putting different people on the field there at Alabama. I think he has a little bit of upside there. But, man, you put him in this Seattle front and let him occupy and let everybody else hunt, this is a great fit for him. No, I think it is a great fit for him. And I'm also surprised. I mean, we talk about guys – he goes in the second round. Ashawn Robinson goes in the second round. Andrew Billings goes in the fourth round. Talking about guys who put up some dominant performances throughout their time in college. The fact that he is in the second round, if you're the Seattle Seahawks, to be able to get a guy of this caliber in that at that situation and then to put him into that rotation, that deep and talented rotation that they have, they have to be ecstatic because they lose Brandon Meebane and they get a more athletic, a younger, a more imposing specimen to play that zero position. He was one of the more consistent players that I studied, regardless of positions, just all day long, you know exactly what you're going to get. Didn't, never saw bad tape. Everybody has bad tapes. I never really saw a bad tape with him. No, and then when he came in here, his ability to just – got a great personality. What he does, how he, he, how he brings it. At the point of attack, I just think that he is a guy that's on the come. I think we'll look back at his draft and say, man, how did Jerry Reed fall to the second round? All right, give me your surprises here, Buck. So my biggest surprise, the first one is the Dallas Cowboys taking Jalen Smith at 34. Uh, I was surprised just because a lot of time I think we kind of – and I just kind of thought that everyone thought that Miles Jack would be the first one of those two to go just because of the medical situation. But the Cowboys did their due diligence. They had some insider in the doc because their doctor operated on Jalen Smith. And so it made sense. Second round pick, you're still trying to bank on a starter. Even if he's not available this year, next year, if he comes back to form, we talked about this guy being without question a top five talent, one of the top two or three players in the draft when it comes to making plays. Tremendous value pick, a tremendous player. And so, for me, I give them credit for saying, look, if we're going to gamble, we're going to gamble big because if we hit on Jalen Smith, we're talking about a guy that could be a Pro Bowl player at the next level. That's my favorite video from the draft weekend, by the way, showing him get that phone call, and he looks down and says, it's, it's Texas or it's Dallas. He, he thought, okay, maybe. you know, He almost didn't even believe it when he saw the number come up. And then the, the look on the face of the, of the woman behind him She's kind of looking at her phone, looking at her. all of a sudden she just looks up and her eyes get big, like, whoa, whoa, is this, like, this is going down right now. <laughs> I love that. Such a cool scene. And, uh, man, I, I hope it works out for him health-wise because he's a freak. Uh, he would have been uh, 
probably my number two overall player. I gave him and Larry Tunsil the same grade, the highest graded players that, that I had on tape. The injury, obviously, I, I dropped him out. I was told by several teams they were concerned about him playing again. So I didn't know where to stack him in my list. But, man, obviously the Cowboys, with their familiarity with the doc and all that, felt like he could uh, – eventually recover and be the guy he was in college. And I hope and I hope it all works out for him. Huge advantage. He's a guy that they, they haven't had those kind of linebackers for a while. But a guy that can be a dominant playmaker, a difference maker on the second level. Uh, that was a huge surprise. Great pick to them. My second surprise would be something that we've talked about on air and off air. Cody Kessler going to the Cleveland Browns in the third round. 93rd pick and the fact that he's going to have the opportunity to compete with RG3. I was a little surprised because when you stack up our board of quarterbacks and the guys that were available um, – I just think that we, or maybe I, overlooked Cody Kelsey being a guy that is in serious contention. When I've read the reports and I've heard things from Hugh Jackson, the thing that they liked about Cody Kessler was his leadership, his intangibles, the way that guys kind of gravitate to him, and his ability to kind of play in a pro-style offense and distribute the ball. The issue that he's going to have to really, I mean, prove or, or the concern that I would have in inclement conditions in Cleveland, coming off the lake, the wind, and all the weather that drive you have to the deal ball? with in the AFC North, can you get the ball out there? Can you drive it to the playmakers on the perimeter? Do you have enough arm strength to do it? And if you don't have arm strength, that means you have to play with superior uh, anticipation and timing and touch. And in windy conditions, sometimes that can be a little different. We saw Chad Pennington be able to do it. But it's tough. It's rare that guys are able to make that transition, particularly for a cold-weather team. I'm with you on that one, Bucky. That's number two for you. Number three, you've got another quarterback that, that kind of shocked you. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett going to the New England Patriots. And I know the Patriots kind of marched to the beat of their own drum. They do things in an unorthodox and unconventional manner. This is a guy that was a solid player at NC State. But I didn't necessarily, because in my mind, third round, third round, are you still thinking that this guy is a potential starter or whatever. So now I'm thinking Jacoby Brissett competing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that saying something about Jimmy G? Did they go back and get a quarterback Brissett this year? Or what is it? So it just kind of leads to more questions in terms of the Patriots thinking and mindset when it comes to their guy who has been anointed as the successor in Jimmy Garoppolo more so than Jacoby Brissett. Smart player, tough player. Where does he fit in the mix? They always do this, by the way. And every single year – I'm sure you feel the same phone calls I do. What are they doing in New England? What are they doing? And then what happens is they end up winning, and so then people say, oh, they knew what they were doing. I'm like, not, ah, not necessarily. Tom Brady. They're winning at Tom a pretty Brady. good clip. But we sit here on the personnel side. What if they drafted well? I mean, what if they were given 12 more help? Yeah. You know, what would this team be? And to me, there's always head scratches with New England. They'll take the, – look at the a lot of the picks they've had in these second, third rounds that have just completely flamed out and given them nothing. Um, it's always baffling to me, but they one thing they do, they've got 12 that can cover up a lot of stuff, and then you've got a head coach that even though they might not have the best players, he can put them all together and make it work. Probably. Phenomenal, phenomenal at doing that. I just sit here and wonder what could be if they actually were drafting if, if, good players to go along well, we, with what they do. We've seen what they're able to do when they really have a good team. They always hoist the Lombardi. Yeah. And even when they don't have necessarily great personnel on the field, they find a way to always be in contention, always in the mix. They're always deep into the tournament. Uh, Tom Brady and the head coach have masked a lot of their flaws. It would be interesting when Tom Brady departs how they're able to kind of continue to get it done or not get it done without – the pieces that most teams need. They don't have enough ammunition normally to compete with some of the heavyweights, but they find a way to get it done. Yeah, they're always uh, they're always interesting case study there in New England. But Jacoby Brissett in the third round, yeah, that was 
That was interesting, Buck. All right, let's uh, let's move on now to kind of we're calling this our ultimate rookie roster here. It's based on team fit, the picks we like the best. I'm going to go ahead and take care of the offense, just the, the each position and the player, the fit that I uh, that I was a big fan of. But let's start here at the quarterback position, and I'm going to go as I've done throughout the whole process. I was a Carson Wentz guy. I'm going to stick with him because I love the fit with him there in Philadelphia. Uh, second overall pick, they obviously moved a lot of picks to go up there and get him. I think he's a great fit there in Doug Peterson's offense. I don't think he's going to have to play right away, even if if Sam Bradford doesn't show up, doesn't want to be there. I still think you have somebody in Chase Daniel that can eat up a couple starts, but we're going to see Carson Wentz this year. No, I mean, I think so. I completely agree. I love the situation that they have around Carson Wentz. you got young quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks where he can be the young guy that can kind of sit and watch. You have Doug Peterson, Frank Reich in the room. Those guys can develop quarterbacks. They can share their own experiences. I think he'll be ready to play. He'll be successful when he finally gets on the field. Yeah, there's a Look, I thought all the quarterback fits were pretty good, uh, but this was my favorite. I think Goff, you'll give him some time. Uh, he's not actually – sorry, I take that back. Goff's going to be thrown right in the mix. We're going to see 16 games Jared Goff this year. I like that fit. I just like this fit a little bit better. And I even think Paxton Lynch, if he's given time there in Denver, that's a good scheme fit as well. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the next position here, Buck. Running back. There were some interesting ones. I always have Derrick Henry up there. It was interesting in the second round going to the Titans, teaming up with uh, uh, with DeMarco Murray. We have Ezekiel Elliott, which is an easy fit there with Dallas. But I, I chose Devontae Booker going 136 overall to Denver. And I said at the time, we've talked about it previously, I thought this was a player that's going to walk in day one and be the most talented running back on that roster. I love that fit with him there in Denver. <clears throat> Absolutely love the fit. I've compared him throughout this process to Arian Foster. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Gary Kubiak took Devontae Booker as his guy because those traits, the production that Aaron Foster was able to put up, I can see this guy having similar production. Inside, outside, runner, catch the ball out the backfield. He, to me, is by far more talented than C.J. Anderson than any other running back that they have on the field. I believe he's a guy that eventually starts, and when he starts, he puts up big numbers. Yeah, if his health is there, that, that'll be big. I think he's got a chance to be ultra productive in this offense. All right, wide receivers I picked two. I'll go Josh Doxson to Washington, which I don't think we really saw this one happen. And I know there's some contract stuff there getting to the end of the line there with Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Uh, we saw last year uh, my man out of Duke. Why am I? Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder played really well. You've got Jaron Reed there. How about another weapon, though, for your quarterback and Kirk Cousins? Trying to make that decision on Kirk. They franchise him. Looks like they, they have a shot maybe getting a long-term deal done. Give him another weapon. Doxson gives him that size down in the red zone. We saw what they did in the slot and how, how difficult of a cover Jordan Reed was in the slot. Now you're going to go ahead and put Doxson outside who can go up and get it. I like that fit. I like the fit. I think what was more telling, Scott McLuhan talked about just letting the board come to him, seeing that this guy was so high, uh, so far ahead of the other guys that he had on the board. He said he had to take him. Regardless of whether we had a need or not, we were going to take the best player available. This guy was the best player available. And I agree. I think he's talented. He's a touchdown maker. He does a great job of making plays in between the numbers. And if you're trying to build around Kirk Cousins, you want to make sure you surround him with playmakers, guys where he can distribute the ball. Josh Dawson is outstanding. We always talk about uh, building that basketball team of receiving core. This gives them a little something different than, yep. than what they've had. So I like that fit. Next one, I'm going to go to your guy here, Bucky. Tyler Boyd going 55 overall to Cincinnati. They missed that run. On, uh, on wide receivers in the first round, largely because Doxson ended up going in front of him with Washington. And we knew that was going to be kind of receiver row. We did not know that Washington yep. was going to take one. So they miss out on those guys in round one. And they come back, though, and get Tyler Boyd in round two. I like that one. 
I like that pick. I think it's a great fit. He's a nice compliment to A.J. Green. Great pass catcher, a guy that can really do things at every level, short, intermediate, and deep. He should be a guy that really has a lot of success because he's going to face all the one-on-one matchups on the backside. By the way, David Pollock, I love you, buddy, but your text messages, he has the phone that instead of sending you like the long one, to, it's just like you get like nine, like my phone, <laughs> just like shotgunning in my, in my pocket there. But uh, Pollock, I do love you, but we got to get you a new phone, man. Um, let's uh, let's move on now to the tight end position. Hunter Henry going to San Diego. I begged them to give Philip Rivers some help. I th- was hoping they would do it at pick number three. I thought it maybe had a chance to be Tunsil. Got word there was going to be defense. Ended up being Joey Bosa. I like that pick. But they came right back around and got their quarterback some help in Hunter Henry, who's the best tight end in the draft class. Much needed there to help out Philip Rivers. I like that pick. I like the pick. He's a good fit. He should be the tight end one next year. Um after serving as an apprentice under Antonio Gates, he can learn some of the tricks of the trade from the former basketball player turned perennial pro bowler. So this is a great pick. Phillip Rivers can work the middle of the field. Hunter Henry should catch a lot of balls as a first-year player. All right, now we go to the offensive line. Ryan Kelly, the center. I thought it was the best interior offensive lineman by far. The Colts pick him at pick number 18. thought it's a good fit there. You've got a chance. They ended up adding three more offensive linemen as well. So they've got four guys they've added to that front. But Ryan Kelly going to anchor down in that middle, protect Andrew Luck, give him some climb room in that pocket, going to keep a nice firm base in there. And also he does a nice job getting up to the second level as well. I just thought it was a great fit there to take care of your quarterback. Now you have to take care of your quarterback. You also want to be able to establish the run. This guy can do so. He can control the middle. He can set all the protections in the fronts and make all the calls. I like the pick. Very smart player. Uh, low floor. Yeah, there you go. He's got uh, – in, in a high ceiling, I think he's got a chance to be an all-pro High ceiling, high floor. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, Cody Whitehair, the guard, going 56 overall to Chicago. I would have taken Whitehair over Garnett, who the Niners traded up for. But getting him in the second round, the Bears, I thought they did a nice job. Now you've got Cody White here at one guard. You're going to have Kyle Long at another guard. I like the way that offensive line's kind of coming together. They picked up Bobby Massey in, in free agency as well. So they've kind of rebuilt that front. Rebuild the front that can be physical at the point of attack. Want to run the football. Foxy wants to run the ball 30, 33 times a game. Now you have the pieces in place up front to really knock people off the ball. Other guard spot, Connor McGovern out of Missouri. Missouri's put a lot of uh, offensive linemen in the league the last couple of years, and I like him. He's athletic. Um, he's got a chance to, to be a plug-and-play guy for them. I think he fits into this system quite well. I like that pick. They got him at number 144 overall. So those are the interior linemen on uh, on kind of my all-ultimate rookie roster here. We go to the tackles. Um, look, I think Tunsil's the best player in the draft. I'm not going to say him. You know, Ronnie Stanley's a good player. But I thought Taylor Decker to Detroit. Yeah. Good on them. They just sat right where they were. They didn't get antsy. They didn't trade up. Look ahead of them. Tennessee ended up going all the way up to eight to get Jack Conklin. Right. I, I, I'm sitting here saying, okay, I like Conklin over Decker, but it's close. I think Detroit's sitting where they are, being patient, and still got Taylor Decker. I thought that was a great fit. Great fit. That's part of manipulating the draft board. You have those cluster busters, as we talked about, two or three guys that are rated closely, so you don't mind sitting and waiting. Whichever one is available, you'll take. For Taylor Decker, having played – uh, in the Big Ten, there's some familiarity. We understand that he's rugged. He can kick over naturally, I think, to right tackle. I like – I just like – I like the pick. I like the fit. All right, then we go to my next tackle. This Jermaine Effetti from Seattle. The whole time. Been riding this one all the way through. And, again, he could play end up playing guard. He could play guard or right tackle. But Effetti to Seattle, they had to do something on their offensive line. They were desperate. And I thought they kind of got that last guy in that tier. I think after Effetti, to me, you really start to see a drop-off. Drop off. 
So I thought good on Seattle. Pick number 31. They actually had traded back and still got uh, still got their guy there. Still got their guy. He comes in. They're talking about maybe moving him inside to start at guard. Athletic, tough, physical. Has done a great job throughout his time at Texas A&M. I just like the pick. I think sometimes you just want to make sure that you don't miss. I don't think you can miss with this pick. All right, let's take a look in, uh, at the recap here of my roster on the offensive side of the ball before we jump over to defense here, Bucky. Um, I feel good about it. I think these are all good fits, good players, and they uh, they fill a need for their football team. My early off-the-radar rookie of the year candidate is the number two guy right there on the running back spot, Devontae Booker. I think if he's healthy, if the knee's good in that system, that Gary Kubiak run system, he's got a chance to be big. Oh, he has a chance to be huge. I think he can uh, be a big-time force. All right, you're on the floor here. Let's get this defense cranked up. Who you got, Buck? On defense, we're going to start right away. We're going to start outside in. So I'm going to go Noah Spence going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the second round with the 39th overall pick. The Buccaneers want to heat up pass rush, heat up quarterbacks. This guy is a polished pass rusher, a guy who was dominant during his time at the Senior Bowl. I know he didn't necessarily test well um, at the combine or test to the level that most people thought. Around like four eight, right? Yeah, Low four eight. Yeah, didn't didn't blow, didn't blow the socks off the evaluators. And you know, some would say that in his interviews he was fine, but he wasn't forthcoming. The thing about Noah Spence is he can put his hand in the dirt. And he can go after quarterback. There's always a value in that. That's what Mike Smith and those guys wanted. Yeah, and that's what they needed, too, so they definitely filled the need. I like that Noah Spence pick. All right, well, you got another defensive end for me? I'm going to go another defensive end, but this is more of a 3-4 defensive end. DeForest Buckner going to the San Francisco 49ers. We talk about fit and scheme. Well, he knows the scheme because he played under Chip Kelly. Same scheme, Oregon. same D-line coach same he had at Oregon. Coach. He gets to jump in, plays with his teammate, Eric Armstrong. This should allow him to get right up to speed right away. I don't expect this to be a long transition for him. I think we'll start hearing his name called very, very early in the season. Yeah, they've got they've rebuilt that Oregon defensive line. They just moved it from Eugene, Oregon, down there to San Francisco. I don't know how well that defensive Buckner line. Buckner and Armstead. Yeah. All right, what do you got? To, how about some interior defensive line? Interior Buck? guys, I'm going to go with uh, Robert Kimdichie. Robert Kimdichie. Oh, ah, okay. Cardinals. You like that fit. I like the fit because I've kind of compared Kimdichie to Darnell Dockett in terms of how I can see his game grow and mature. They obviously also had Darnell Dockett. They saw the production that Darnell Dockett was able to make. I believe you plug him into this defense, Kimdichie can be a guy that can be a force to be reckoned with off the edge. I talked to Steve Kime. I think it was the morning of the draft. And uh, asked him about Kimdichie, and he said, he said, DJ, you know, look, I met with him. We met with him, and we were just, like, borderline shocked because we had this image of him and what Super we expected, smart. and we met with him. He said he's really, really, really bright guy. Uh, he was engaging. He, you know, admitted the mistakes that he made, and he seemed pretty mature. So they were – they – kind of did all their homework and they were okay with him and man you talk about his ability being able to plug him in with the other pieces they have in place i like that fit as well super talented should have tremendous amount of production in that in that defense uh my fourth guy along the front line how about sheldon rankins going to the new orleans saints okay every mock draft that we read sheldon rankins was the guy that was pegged there every now and then there's some guys just like okay that's where he's going. finally the mock draft for Mark Drafters got it right. Uh, Rankins is part of what I think is a continuing trend. Inside defenders who have pass rush skills would go off the board. He can get inside. He can get to the quarterback. Great hands. Nice first step. Has a little spin move that gives people problems. He is someone that you just can't keep. Uh, bogged down. I think he's going to be an outstanding player for Dennis Allen. That's where he made his money, too, at the Senior Bowl. Killed That's it. when he kind of Killed it. vaulted himself up the board there, and they could not block him there. You see him beating up on Glasgow and Westerman there. Oh, poor guys. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on to the linebackers here, Bucky. We've got three. got to choose three linebackers. Where are you going? 
Uh, let's go. Deion Jones going to Atlanta, second round, 52nd overall pick. Okay. Uh, for so long, we had Darian Lee project That's 17 to go, to go to there. Go to Atlanta, where you get a player that's similar in terms of their movement skills, their speed, the ability to run through and chase. He should be a nice fit in that defense for the Falcons. I believe they got faster, got more athletic, and they had more playmaking potential. This is a nice fit for them. By the way, keep an eye. I'm watching these LSU highlights. All three plays that we just showed there with Deion Jones making plays. Arden Key, that young defensive end, number 49, is all over the field. Keep an eye on him a couple years from now. He's a freak show. <laughs> 49, yeah. Arden Key, trust me. You're going to know this name oh, in a yeah, couple yeah. years. You'll know for He's sure. big time. Um, so my next linebacker, I'm going to go with Blake Martinez going to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, 131 overall. You're talking about a team that desperately needed a Mike linebacker, a guy that could be a tackle-to-tackle menace, a guy that could really set the defense and do all those things. When I look at Blake Martinez's play, he plays like a pro. He has a nice understanding of where the ball is going, where it's going to be located, how to make plays on it, and then in the run game. He's physical. He's stout. He does a great job of stoning running backs in his track. So, And, and, and in case people didn't know, just tell them what that does when you can get an inside linebacker with Blake Martinez, what it frees him up to do. What it does is it frees Clay Matthews up to come off the edges. And so they've had an experiment with Clay Matthews playing on the inside. They need to put him back in his natural position so he can have a bigger impact on the game. Blake Martinez should come in there, and I think he starts. Speaking of Clay Matthews, the third linebacker you have on your list is a player I compared to Clay Matthews with his play style. This is, this is your guy, Kamale Correa. Here we from go. Boise State. Uh, ultra-athletic, talented, disruptive penetrator. Um, does a great job of making things happen off the edge. I love watching him play. I love watching the bowl game clip. Just watching him run all over the place, chase people now. He is a fun player to watch. He is someone that I think can make uh, huge contributions very early. Plays with his hair on fire. He is He's one of my guys all the way through the process. But, yeah, I like that fit as well. I thought the Ravens hit a home run there at pick number 42. All right, let's go to the secondary. Uh, how about Jalen Ramsey? It's rare that you can find a guy that's a world-class athlete with blue-chip talent, but that's what the Jaguars have found in Ramsey. Ramsey was started out at cornerback, even though I think he's probably better suited to go inside. Uh, snuff out. He's going to – Caldwell, when I talked to him, Buck, he said he's going to start outside the corner, but he'll early in the season especially he's going to play some nickel. I mean, I think that's his role. I think he is a, a guy that is a role player. He's playing corner. He's playing nickel. He jumps in. He finds a way to affect the game. And so that's the best way to keep him charged up, give him a variety of roles, allow him to kind of earn his keep. I like that pick. Though. By the way, Bucky's playing hurt today. You're sick. You've got a Kleenex over there, and you're uh, powering through. Power through. That's what I'm talking it. about. That's trying the kind of dedication it. we need on trying, the trying to make it. Trying to make it. So here we go. We got Artie Burns coming next at cornerback. Artie oh Burns. Gosh, you just cranked it another, up a little bit. I did. I did. You I like that. Artie Burns, world class <laughs> athlete. <laughs> world class <laughs> athlete. A uh, guy who was a hurdler, guy who has outstanding ball skills. Six interceptions last year down in Miami. I think it's a great fit in Pittsburgh. They're looking for a Tampa 2 corner, a guy that can play with instincts and awareness, see the ball, go get the ball. That's what Artie Burns does. The size there is, is big, too. you got a big corner. I remember in Baltimore, um, they used to always tell the stories. I wasn't there at this time, but before I was there, when Marvin Lewis was a defensive coordinator, they yep. would always say, Marvin would always say, you'll never have a great defense Unless you have corners that can play the run, which sounded kind of oxymoronic, right? You got to be. We always talk about being able to cover, but he wanted those complete corners that could force a run. Now, Artie Burns has got the size to do that. He needs to be a little bit more physical. Oh, he's going to have to adopt size. the Pittsburgh way. Uh, I think those veterans, William Gay, and some of those other guys, they'll get with him. And I think he can play tougher if surrounded by a room full of tough guys. I think he'll adapt and adjust. All right, your next one. I'm just going to say this. 
You got to go down, Bodie. <laughs> Who is it? Keanu Neal going down with the Atlanta Falcons. I think he comes down and plays in the box. He gives them their version of Cam Chancellor. He is a guy that uh, the best way I can talk is he will really knock you around in the hole. I've never seen him turn down a shot. He is a playmaker. He's a tone setter. He should be a menace between the hash. You're breaking your own rules, man. Love Love what he brings to the table. Was it 90 seconds behind the glass? Help me out there. In and out, 90 seconds. You're breaking your own rules, man. <laughs> Keanu. Oh, that's great. All right, uh, free safety. Who's your free safety, Buck? Von Bell. Von Bell is the ultimate traffic cop. We had him in here. He waxed poetic about playing the position, understanding the nuances of the position. I really like what he brings to the table as a center field player. He's going to have to be a little more physical. He's going to have to kind of learn how to kind of face up people and make big plays. But he could be and should be an upgrade over Jarius Bird in the middle of the field. Love the instincts, the awareness, the intelligence. Good player. They desperately needed active players in the back end. He should upgrade the New Orleans Saints. All right, true story. Before we get to your board, don't put up the board yet, guys. Uh, I, we had all these guys roll through here, and a lot of times you end up changing numbers, right? Exchanging numbers. So I got a text after the draft, and it was either from Vaughn or it was from Jaron Reed. But I don't know who it is. If it's 443, I think it's Vaughn. Okay, I need to do some recon on this. So I sent, like, That's you know, 423. Know- Excuse me, Chattanooga in the house. Vaughn Bell. Okay, that it's Vaughn. I think yeah, it was 423. Four, so I, I got a text and I was like, I think it's Vaughn, but I'm not sure. It might be Jaron. So he was like, you know, hey, thanks for what you said or whatever. It was a nice, nice text. And I wrote back, hey, congratulations, dude. Uh, do you know what number you're going to wear yet? <laughs> like, okay, this is going to do that, a that defensive is, line number. That's, that, that's the way to do it. I was trying to do some homework. I figured like this is like what dating is like now, right? You try to you know, forget her, you forget the date's name or something, uh, to figure out who it was. <laughs> that's what I'm doing on an airplane. I'm like trying to do some homework. I was like, I was like, hey, I was going to say, hey, have you have you met your position coach yet? Like, what's what's he like? You know, <laughs> but no. So I think you're right though, Sully. Good, good, good work back there. Yeah, it Von, is Von, Von, Von Bill. All right, let's take a look at your board here, Bucky. Your your front seven. I like this group of fits you've got here. You know, the, the front seven I like Noah Spence, DeForest Buckner, Kim Dichi, Sheldon Rankins, Deion Jones, Blake Martinez, and Kamale Corey. Look, the guy who almost made my list, I had to do a, a last minute scratch was Tim Medikevich. Oh, Tyler Medikevich. Yeah. From but- Temple? Yeah, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers because he strikes me as that kind of guy, that kind of like tough, tenacious guy. I almost had him in the mix, but I had to, had to drop him up. He did he didn't make the cut. All right, let's go to then the rest of your secondary. Secondary. Look, two track and field athletes: Artie Burns, Jalen Ramsey, Keanu Neal, who is my tempo setter, and then Von Bell being the guy that can float over the top as my center fielder. I like that defense. I like this little exercise. This was pretty interesting. We got some guys, I'm sure that are. Hit us up on Twitter, man. Yeah, let us know in the comments section, guys, by the uh, way, which ones you, guys you like. You didn't like my boy Scooby-Dooby-Doo? Seventh round to the yeah, Brownies. Yeah, that's a steal. Yeah. That is well, an absolute look. steal. I love Scooby. Very productive. They drafted a lot of productive players there with the Browns. Bucky, I, I, yeah, please, by the way, leave us some comments below what, what fits you like, which ones you don't like. Before we uh, before we get out of here, i got to give you an update on uh, on Mort's Boehringer. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So, more, for those that don't know, I'm sure everybody knows by now, Maurice Boehringer came in here on our podcast. Right. We were, I think, the first media that he first really one, ever we, did over here. We brought here. him out. So, he came in here, and we actually we actually begged the Vikings to take him because he mentioned to us how much he, yep. he loved the Vikings yep. and Adrian Peterson and company. We had a great visit. Long story, we end up, you know, talking to him before the before the draft on camera. Mayock asked, that, you know, Mike Zimmer publicly pleads for him to pick him. He and The Vikings end up picking him. We bring him back on. Great story. But I had said when he came on there, when he came on our podcast, 
somebody on Twitter hit me up and said, you lost an opportunity to give him a nickname. You should have called him Mobo. Mm. And I immediately replied to that person on Twitter. I said, thank you very much. I'm stealing that. And, um, and that's what I'm going to do. So when he was on air, I said, I'm sitting next to him, and I said, uh, hey, just so you know, everybody out there, I, I'm claiming Mobo is your nickname. So Mayock's calling him Mobo. We're all calling him Mobo on set. So he gets <laughs> picked, and it's Mobo this, Mobo that. So I get a text. And by the way, I'm not going to say who it was from. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't even get permission to use this. But my, my buddy with the Vikings sent me this text. I'm going to read it to you. Um, DJ, good job covering the draft. Can't be easy filling the time. Funny story. When I called the big German to tell him we were going to draft him, I said, I guess I'm supposed to call you Mobo. And all he said was no. <laughs> then there was an awkward silence. Everyone in the room started laughing. Have a great summer. <laughs> so I tried to get Mobo to stick. He doesn't like Mobo. So Mo, I know you like Mo because that's like your Twitter Twitter handle. It's just I'm dropping the bow, okay, pal. It's just Mo. I apologize. We do not want we, we don't want to give you a nickname you don't like. So we're, we're all good there. Well, that's a good way to wrap up the show, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. All right, Bucky, you're sick. You powered oh, through. Oh, God, I made it. Yeah, Thank you for being a, a good partner on our journey here through the draft. We made it. Thanks to everybody behind the glass. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening on YouTube, iTunes, NFL.com slash podcast. We'll see you soon. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation.